Hello, this is Bob. And this is Jordan. And this is Shop Talks. Yeah, we're just uh, hanging out here. Tattoo shop, Boise, Idaho. Shooting the shit. Wondering why the Democratic Party is shooting itself in the foot yet again. <laughs> There's a number of combinations that you could run on the ticket to beat Trump. And uh, I think maybe uh, um, Biden and Harris is probably the worst choice. Kamala Harris is probably one of the most abusive and like blatantly criminal fucking DAs ever to come out of the state of California. And like everything from like keeping it people in prison even after they were acquitted or their sentence was commuted or they how were about, done serving their term. How about like holding evidence? Oh yeah, she held against the person. Well, against a specific inmate that was on death row. Yeah. Keeping evidence to exonerate him and release him, not just from death fucking row, but from prison. Yeah, she's the opposite of fucking justice reform. Yeah. She she is like she is against. Just no matter what crazy dog shit she says now that she's got the VP nomination, just look at her record and look at what she's done. She is like the epitome of everything that is wrong with the justice system in this country. Yeah, and I agree. Most Democratic pundits said so when she was running in the primaries. Three percent. She had three percent at the top point. Yeah. Before she dropped terrible, out. Terrible, terrible. And everyone said how, how much of a criminal piece of shit she was. And then as soon as she got the nomination, there's all these different fucking pundits just walking their shit back. Right. You know, Kamala Harris said of Joe Biden that she thought that like his accusers were telling the truth and that he was a fucking rapist. And he, now she is here. She is running VP on his ticket. It's a fucking, well, it's a, I, dude, it's a bag of shit. So let's sure. let's go to left field for just a second. I saw something today. I don't know if it's true, but if this is true, I want to confirm this. But let's just hyperbole this out, okay? Okay. There's this thing out there that says that if the election isn't decided by January 21st of 21, 2021. Why wouldn't it be decided by then? Uh, Mail-in ballots could delay. Why? Who cares? They have a deadline for them. You either get them in and they're in. That's it. You have a deadline yeah, for mail-in ballots. Yeah, but even if the ballots are in and can't be counted clearly, right? And there's lawsuits and things like that against it. Mm. So, but anyway, so if, let's say, you know, so these are high favorable. I think if it's held up it in court. Be, it has to whatever. be verified, right. Yeah. So if there's no clear winner by the 21st of January, then whoever's in office, the incumbent and his vice president are vacated and the speaker of the house who's third in line yeah. becomes president. Yep. I've never heard that before. Yep. But I hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the truth. I didn't know that I didn't know what the date was, but they always have a cutoff. They're like, we don't give a shit if you sorted it out or not. Get the fuck out. Now it goes to the speaker of the house. Yep. And yeah, that's just to avoid such things. People holding up the process for their own ends. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a deterrent. Yeah. It's like an overdraft fee. It's supposed to deter you from even overdrafting. Oh, yeah. So, anyway. Um, I am not pro-ballot, for mail in ballot, but uh, that's just me. So. What? I'd rather, I'd rather stand and be told I voted. I wanted to call I think, I think here, here's I the thing. Like, I think, it, like... It's the minimum bar to entry. Like, if you can't be bothered to go to your to go to the fucking place and vote, like you clearly don't care enough. So if you go to the store and wear a mask, why can't you go to a polling place and wear a mask? You can. Exactly. That's that's my point. So there's no good reason for mail-in voting now any more than there has been in the past. Now, people who are out of the country or not or are not around and they want to vote, they can. They you can know, vote I, absentee ballot like I, they always have. The the one year I voted absentee ballot from Germany, <laughs> they lo- they didn't count my ballot. So they lost. They, no, they, it just was reported in the news oh. that that oh that uh, soldiers that voted from Europe, the European theater, yeah, their ballots were not counted because they weren't delivered on time. Weird. So. Oh well. It wasn't very. I just think it's there. like minimum, like have an ID. You want? How easy do you want to make it to vote? Like, show up with something that proves it's you, and fucking vote. Like that's the 
that's the easiest shit ever. Well, if I think it should be. I think it should be confined to the citizens. I don't think if you're a non-citizen, you should be able to vote. No, obviously not. But my point is that like you can't. Like, why would you make it easier than that? Well, I mean, like, there's videos. There's numerous videos of out there of uh, this. His name's Avi. I don't remember his full name, but they, there's a video of him talking to white liberals at colleges, asking why do you think it's why do you think it's wrong for the the government to require an ID to vote? And like, well, black people don't have access to the internet, or black people don't have access to the DMV. What? Black people. That's exactly what was in the video. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's exactly what these white liberals at these colleges were saying. So he went to Harlem. Yeah, and he started like, asking the these questions. Yeah, it's on my phone. It's at my work. It's in my house. Yeah, exactly. Where, where's the DMV? Do you have a driver's license? Yeah, it's right here. Yeah, the, the driver's exactly. the, the DMV's over on whatever street, you know. And it's he, he punched these people in the face without them knowing it to show that you're an idiot. Well, first of all, like most of the people making these kind of fucking racist, shitty claims are white people. So if yeah. you want to talk about Soft the problem of racism, the problem. There's just racism. There isn't soft racism well, I, and hard I, I racism. I label it that way. You're either a racist cunt or you're, not. or you're not. And most of the fucking middle class white fucking bitches who are running around fucking waving Black Lives Matter flags are racist cunts. And they say things like that, like, we need to do this because black people don't have access to this and black people don't have that. Listen, you racist ass bitch. Black people know how to fucking get the internet. They have fucking driver's licenses they know where their dmv is just like you you fucking moron like quit talking down to people and pretending like they need your fucking help like they didn't know they don't need your help you know what they need they need for you to fucking treat them with love respect and kindness the same way that you treat everybody else that's it that's what black you know what black people need from white people they need white people to fucking treat them with the same amount of kindness and respect that they show to everyone else. That's it. And if you're doing that, then great. And your job is done. That's right. it. That's what it means. But if you're running around talking about how there's all of this stuff and of like, oh, black people don't have access to the internet and black people don't know where the dead don't, can't get to the DMV and they this and they that. What the fuck? Why? What are you talking about? Like, I'm pretty sure that every black person I've ever met like knows how to use the internet and can get to the DMV and and well, you talking shit like that is pretty fucking you know that that's racist you know saying that like the way that we fix racism is with more racism is stupid. <laughs> hey, it's dark in here. Let's uh, let's put blinds on the windows so it's even darker. Yeah, it's pretty silly, but. That will always be the cry of the confused, young, spoiled, entitled child. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of crazy how people ignore the proof of things. Yeah. You know, they just ignore things. You know, because it's not idealistic or... It doesn't fit the narrative. We've said it a hundred times on this show, or I feel like I have, is that like people would much prefer to believe a comfortable lie than an uncomfortable truth. I know a lot of people like that. Yeah. And so that's that's where they find themselves. I have a friend who's completely supportive of Camilla Harris, which is cool. And why, he was though? he was really The question is why? I just don't understand how anyone can That's, be supportive that was, of Kamala that was, Harris. That was completely his candidate when the, the Democratic Party primary started and she announced. Sure. That's that he was his go to candidate. So he's been retarded from day one then. Well, a lot longer. But anyway. <laughs> so um, sorry, bro. But anyway, I doubt very hard to listen to the show. But um, so I, I So he said there was this debate all of a sudden started about Camilla Harris's um, Citizenship, because her father is Jamaican and her mother is East Indian. She's Indian from India. So she ran for the Senate under the racial identity of Indian. So now she's African American. 
Yeah, she's not African American. She's no. never been African American. It, she should just claim to be a person of color and leave it at that. She shouldn't claim to be anything because it doesn't fucking matter and I don't give a shit. I agree. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Nobody fucking cares. Well, it's like, America's nobody, racist. America's nobody, racist. Nobody who thinks, nobody who, like, actually, like, has a mediocre amount of, of cognitive ability gives a fuck. You know what I care about? I care about your voting record. I care about your fucking, your political record. I care about the type of fucking pundit that you are. I do not give a fuck what color your skin is because you didn't have any control over that. Right, well, you were like, born that way. When people say America's a completely racist nation, no. I always wonder... No. I always wonder, well, why did we have a black president for eight years? Yeah, no. America's not racist. America's probably one of the least racist places on the planet. And that, I will say that over and over again. Now, that's not to say that there There's isn't racism racist here. Problems. Of course, of course there's racism here. But, bitch, like, have you ever been to the Middle East? Have you been to Mexico? Do I'm you know, Have you seen what fucking racism is like in fucking Korea? Like... You motherfucker, you don't know racism if you've lived your whole life. Like, yeah, sure, there are areas in America where there's some racist fucks, and I'm sure racist shit happens. But, like, by and large, America is one of the least racist places. Well, Ayman Tawadi, he actually, he's called the Ayman of Peace. Mm -hmm. He picture, he, I follow him on Instagram. He posted a picture this week, uh, just a couple days ago, of an of a, uh, Arab man who was Muslim, at the beach. He had a speedo on. You know, thin guy, you know, healthy looking, you know, handsome dude. And his wife was standing next to him. She was in a full burqa. Yeah. At the beach. So. And he said, Here's a here is the complete description of what's wrong with Islam today. That's what he said as an iman. See what I'm saying? Sure. So, I mean, there's, when people talk about how women are treated poor in the United States, they always avoid the conversation of what is happening in Arabic. About how women are oppressed. And well, women women aren't degrading. treated. This is the thing. Women aren't treated poorly in the United States. I know. Um, there are issues that we need to deal with, and those are more about socially ingrained norms than they are um, than they are about policy. Yeah. So like. And I definitely don't mind discussing those, but I just feel that's important to say, like, hey, we're kind of, we're not having a policy discussion anymore. Now we're talking about, like, what's socially normative, right? And so I do think that there are some issues in how, especially from a young age, um, boys and girls are taught to interact. Right. And what is and isn't appropriate, you know? I think that there's some problems. Well, there's, here. A, there's definitely some cross wires. Well, there's some issues. Like when my little girl goes to school and you tell her that, oh, her her skirt is too short and it has to be to this length. And but then, if a little boy goes to school, you don't tell him that his shorts are too short, right? I've never had a little. I've never heard of a little boy coming home being told that his shorts were too short for him to wear. I mean, presumably, if he wore little booty shorts with his little butt cheeks hanging out, that'd be too short. Yeah. But my point is that, like, for some reason, we socially think we think that it's appropriate socially to place the burden of physical modesty on the female. Yeah. And I don't think that's appropriate. I think I think there's a level of, of that's what I'm talking about. There's a there's a crossed wire because if you still watch TV today, there's still a level of sexuality that children get from watching TV with their parents because they wa might watch, I'm gonna pick on the show Grey's Anatomy or they might, you know, my, my favorite uh, sitcom Scrubs. Yeah. There's, a, there's an idea of, sex, of human sexuality that's portrayed, that portrays, you know, the alpha male and beta female yeah. or the open open female or the, you know, things that, that, that cross wires that we're now we're trying to say, well, you know, hashtag me too. But they're still getting TV shows that don't help with that idea. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. The reality is that, like, most relationships between men and women will be alpha-beta. That's yeah. not to say that that is the only way to do it or even the correct way to do it. It's just to say that according to the way that male-female relationships develop 
and all other species, that's what is largely the accepted norm. Okay. Yeah. And so I don't think it's any different for humans. We're not a we're not we're not divorced from from biological evolution. We're also animals that evolved on this planet. We can't escape that. We're a part of this system. And so a lot of times we like to pretend like, oh, well, you know, for every other animal on the planet, um, you know, sex is a matter of biology. But for humans, you know, your sex or your gender is a social construct, right? But not for any other animal, just for humans. Yeah. Like, no, it's not that way. Like, of course they show, like, alpha, beta, male, female relationships in TV shows because, in general, that's what is normal. Now, that's not to say that another style of relationship is a problem or is wrong. But just because something isn't normal doesn't mean that it's a problem Yeah, it's wrong. Well, I mean, I mean it goes back to the whole thing I used to say about TV shows. If you're idolizing people on TV, it, like, let's go back to problems. Friends. You have big, yeah, because, I mean, realistically, we look at Friends. If you think that you, you're like a Rachel, yeah. if you think you're a Rachel, you're a bitch. Yeah. If you think you're Phoebe, you're a little kooky. Yeah. You're a little healthier than Rachel. But if you're a Monica, uh, you're fucked. Right. See what I'm saying? You're those little, people, these people all had, wound. yeah, these people all had these mental deficiencies that they managed to, to accept each other for and love each other through, through it all. So, you know, you know, in, including you know, girlfriend things and boyfriend things and fucked up things, and it was about forgiveness and redemption and acceptance and love. You know, but they still, their personalities as individuals were not something to emulate. No. Ross was a, com is a complete liar. Totally. So. Um, I don't know about a complete liar, but he definitely had issues with honesty. Truthful. Yeah. Um, Especially with himself. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. honest with himself at all. Right. Yeah. So. Like, my only point in saying that is, like, I, I just, I don't, I don't see an issue with the fact that, like, Generally, most relationships represented by television and movies are indicative of the, the percentage that exists of those type of relationships in day-to-day -day in the real world. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Let's be realistic. Like, nothing wrong with any, whatever type of relationship you want to have, I don't give a shit. Doesn't matter to me. There's nothing wrong with it. Do whatever makes you happy. Ball out. But understand that the overwhelming majority of relationships between people will has been and will always be male female alpha beta pairing. Well, you know, and I, that's just the way, because that's the way biology works, and that's know, the way that it's. Been. When I when I look at my last two marriages, so I, my marriage to Mary, mm -hmm. you know. When I look at, at our relationship, our, how our relationship worked, I just let her have her way because happy wife, happy life. Sure. Okay? And, but if I was really important, then I, I got my way. Okay? With Autumn, I'm really trying to form more of a partnership. Well, there's, moments, there's moments that she's going to be the alpha of the uh, relationship. Okay? And there'll be other, rela other moments that I'm the alpha of the relationship. Now, I'm probably failing miserably because the fact of the matter is, is that Autumn moves so fast to get things done and I take my time. Or I might not get things done because she has already done it, you know, because she likes to get things done quicker than I do. I'm kind of more laid back about that kind of stuff. But but it's still a partnership. We still communicate, tell each other that we love each other all the time. And then we try and make decisions together. Yeah. That's what a relationship really is. It's 100%, 100%. Now, you fail at that sometimes. Oh, yeah. But you still also love and respect, and you forgive each other. I'm not saying, like, alpha, beta, in that, like, all male-female no, no, relationships are or should be, like, 
male dominant, female subservient. But in a general sense, men usually have the male aspects and qualities of personality. And the women in the relationship normally embody the more feminine aspects of personality and, and interaction. Right. I don't, that's not always the case. Sometimes it's not that way. I'm only saying that it is that way a majority of the time because biology. That's all I'm saying. And I don't think that there is any problem with representing biological presentation by percentage in entertainment. You know? Yeah. I don't I don't care if you represent like a, a trans relationship or a gay relationship or whatever kind of like it, I honestly like I wouldn't I don't even give a fuck like if you want to represent a relationship like between a man and, and his horse. I don't care. I really don't. Like, well, Jerry Springer did that one time. Like, I'm honestly like one of the people, like one of the few people you'll find who's like, oh, you like to fuck your dog? That's cool, man. Honestly, like honestly. Well, I mean, you know, like whatever. Like as long as you're not like hurting them. But like, I do not fucking care what type of fucking anything. What type of relationship? What type of fucking this? What type of that? What type? Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to do, just don't try and tell me what to do. That's it. I I promise you, I won't tell you what to do. Well, where's the line though? Where's the line? The line's easy. The line's drawn when you're fucking hurting and injuring, doing violence against, and I don't mean violence in the new, modern, trumped-up, fucking identitarian, fucking bullshit sense of the word violence, where somehow violence incorporates fucking words. speech and words, because it doesn't. Um, when you do violence, or when you use force, or when you aggress someone else, that's where the line is drawn. That's it. It's a very simple line. It's not complicated. You've it's seen, not hard to find. You've seen the whole movement for the new added letters to the LBGT. I couldn't movement. give a shit. They already have too many letters. Well, I know. Most of the people that are in right. LGBTQ, whatever it's become now, a lot of them have become marginalized because, let's be realistic, there's a reason that it was LGB. Because it was lesbian, gay, bi. And those people had relatively a similar platform and desires. And then it was LGBT, right? LGBT, yeah. they put trans people on there. And now you started to see some conflicts of interest because lesbian women, especially, you know, especially radical fe feminist lesbian women have real and valid concerns and complaints about trans women being allowed in all sorts of spaces that biological women are allowed in. So now you have internal strife starting to build in that organization. Well, and it's not even it's not even inside the lesbian community, it's also outside the lesbian community. Oh, my point is Just that when community. you incorporate, but I'm talking specifically yeah. about the, the LGBTQ, blah, 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 blah. Too many letters. Well, what's too the, many too many groups with too many differing ideas? What's the Q for? Trying to what's the Q queer? Okay, but why are so are they just trying to are they okay? So uh, let me let me try analyze it this way: Are they trying to take the word queer and make it a non sequitur like the Mormons did back in the eighteen hundreds, being called Mormons? I don't think so. I think because Mormon was supposed to be a slur. No, I queer. I think they're trying to use it to describe a typical sexual lifestyle that is that does not fall into the other categories but also is not heteronormative right so like you're not so like maybe you you're not sure what gender you identify as but you like to have sex with um, Trans women and and um, and and men. 
You know what I mean? Like they wanted to have, it's just, it's another way to categorize and break down a category of sexual identity for people. Okay. So in my regard, an another bit of, of, of just whatever, like, okay, fine, you want to do that, you're queer, I, what does that mean to you? You know, but like, queer was this term that kind of encompassed like, I'm gay, I'm bi, I'm lesbian, I, I have a, a non... Well, I mean, that was actually the, that's what they would call people in the 50s, that was the word. Yeah, it wasn't just in the, well, like if you Because it used to be just something that was odd. Well, yeah, because that's what Lovecraft, Lovecraft used the word frequently queer. through all his yeah. writing. Yeah. That things were queer because yeah. they were odd or strange. Yeah, exactly. And he, so he would use that, it was his way of design of, you know, to explain his world that he created. Yeah, well, he was describing something that was significantly outside of the norm of experience. Right. And that's why the term queer was applied to homosexual behavior, just because it was significantly outside of the norm. And then yeah, yeah. it became an abusive that's slur. Because that's what they said in the 50s. Yeah. It became an abusive slur, right? Yeah. Um, and now it's been reclaimed. I couldn't care less. Like, you want to use it, use it. You don't, you don't. But my, the only point in saying all that was that you brought up that they were putting more letters on that. And I said, there's well, no, no, already well, too many. It, but the thing is, though, it's not just... They, they want to they wanna be under the umbrella and protection Ooh. of the pedophiles. Yeah, well... I want a gold-plated Rolls-Royce and a blowjob from Christy Turlington. <laughs> Who's Christy Turlington? I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's a line from a movie, man. It's an old-ass movie. I can't... What, I'm trying to remember what movie it was now. It was a movie that I had seen when I was a kid. It like came out in the early 90s. Okay. Um, I think it was like... Maybe it was from Jawbreaker? I don't know. Anyway, it's an old line from a movie, and I just okay. always thought... I just I remembered it, and I always thought, like... Well, yeah, every, loads of people want loads of stuff. Go, so what? You yeah. know? Like, go play to those words. Like, I'm sure they've been trying to, like, normalize pedophilia as, like, a sexual identity for years and years well, and years. Well, there's actually a show right now on, on Amazon Prime that says it's called I Pedophile, and, it's, and the subtitle of it is, is Understanding the Mental Illness. Understanding the mental illness of pedophilia. Yeah. I could talk at length about the mental illness of pedophilia. Like it's not saying that it is a mental illness. I don't think is necessarily correct any more than I think anything else is a mental illness. I have a significantly maybe different idea about mental illness than is like the currently accepted. Well, that's it's it's um, the but so some psychologists will would say. That the loss of the word dysphoria in the use of psychology manuals and you know the the the, the AMA the, their AMA version of their publications is damaging because then they can remove the same type of dysphoria for people who identify as an eight-year-old boy or eight-year-old girl and therefore think they should be allowed to date eight-year-olds when eight-year-olds are non-sexual creatures. I mean, do you, do you, I mean, you're, when I look at my daughter, who's one, she's not looking to get lucky, you know, I'm not taking her to the club at night so she can no. go home with some dude, you no. know what I'm saying? It's, when I was eight, I was, I, when, when I was, and, and I have yet to figure out why or understand what, but when I was four years old, I was quite sexual. Well, I started looking that's at pornography not, now, that, now, that is not to... That is not a justification for pedophilia. I'm not saying it simply because I know that as a child I had sexual desires. That's I'm not at all saying that any sort of pedophilia or making any excuse for that, 100% no. But what I am saying is that I had distinct sexual desires and thoughts from the age of four that I can remember. Well, I, got, I was sexualized at seven because I my dad left me alone in his his trailer when he was out cutting trees and there were nudie magazines everywhere yeah. I was like looking at them I thought they were cool you know made me feel special in my nether regions so yeah right you know even at seven so I don't know I don't know why or what I was thinking about or what triggered it or anything else because I didn't see pornography until I was 11 but um, 
Anyway, point being, like, the reason, and not always the case, but I would assume almost always, if not always, if you talk to somebody who is sexually attracted to children, they're going to tell you about how they were sexually abused when they were a child. There's an old saying that hurt people hurt people. And people who have a desire and a sexual attraction to young people, it's almost always because they were sexually abused as a child. And so there's lots of people that were sexually abused as children that don't grow up to sexually abuse other children. But that yeah. does not mean that they did not have or do not have the interest or the proclivity or the yearnings or desires or whatever you might want to call them. They just might choose to not act on them because they know it to be damaging and hurtful and sad and disgusting, right? But that doesn't mean that they don't have the desire to do so. Well, I mean, there's benevolence and there's, you know, it's like it's they always talk about that desire of the atheist, you know, if you don't believe in God, why don't you murder and rape and pillage? And it's like, well, I do. I just choose not to. Yeah. You know, I can do that. I just choose not to. Exactly. And that's, it's not, none of this is to excuse pedophilia as a crime because it, it is and should be considered criminal. Yes. It is different, distinctly different from drug use in that you are creating a victim and there is a trauma victim cycle. Now, when you go and use drugs, Provided that you're not like using them in front of your child or using them in a way that is significantly damaging to another person, right? Yeah. You should be left to your own devices. You want to use those drugs? Do whatever you want. It's your life. It's your body. I do not feel the same way about fucking kids. Can't. Yeah. It's a different issue. Now the solution for the person who wants to fuck the kids might be very similar to the solution for the man who wants to fucking shoot up the dope. Right? You have to find out why. You have to find out what happened when they were young. You have to find out how they were injured. And you've got to get them to come to terms with it. Come up on the other side of it and realize that simply because whatever happened to them when they were young happen does not mean that they have to behave in a particular way now in response to that. Well, it doesn't justify their actions, you know. Well, that too, but that's not what I'm saying. I understand. I just want to say it that way. That's yeah, of course it doesn't justify their actions. Not at all. But the point to get to for healing those types of traumas is, although I this happened to me and I felt this way then, I realized that I still feel that way and that still feeling that way is causing me to exhibit this damaging negative behavior now. And now that I realize that, I can start to try and get on the other side of that. And that's yeah. the same process for somebody who was uh, sexually abused as a child and now has uh, um, you know, pedophilic inklings as it is with somebody who was traumatized as a child and now has a desire to abuse drugs or alcohol or fucking uh, gamble or fucking hit their wife or fucking cut shop themselves. online or cut themselves or do you see what, like see what I'm saying like yeah. these are all just negative coping mechanisms you know so i think that there is distinct value in examining how we view pedophiles and how we treat them especially if we would like to reduce the number of kids who are getting fucked because you don't reduce the number of people fucking kids by taking pedophiles and further traumatizing them it doesn't work well I had somebody who hypothesized that uh, 
that's why priests um, actually abuse children is because they get into the they have this idea that they can that the the priesthood of being a Catholic priest is a program they can work that will help them avoid their their sexual tendencies or proclivities. Oh, you're, so you're saying that an inordinate number of people who join the priesthood do it initially because they know they're attracted to children and they want a place that's, where that's, they can yes, kind of like twelve. I had a friend who was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that was yeah. Because he said he knew someone who did that, mm-hmm. or was trying, was thinking about doing that, and his current partner actually talked him out of that and got him to actually admit that he was a homosexual, and he came out of the closet and actually could fill, live a full life mm-hmm. as a gay man with a uh, with an adult male partner. Yeah. So instead of just hiding from what they are. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, I think a lot of a people lie. are hiding from what they are. I think a lot, a lot of, a lot more of them are were abused as children, and now they go on to abuse other children. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of different reasons why, but I do think that probably the main reason is that they are abused as children. Now, your friend's friend who went on to have relationships with adult men, a lot of people that I have met and talked to who are gay or lesbian were abused as children by members of the same sex. Now, that's not to say that that caused it or anything else, but I'm just saying that like, simply because he went and chose to have a relationship with adult men doesn't mean that he wasn't also abused as a child and that that's what initially led to those proclivities. I think that that's almost always the case, you know. I think it would be very strange and rare in my mind to find a pedophile who hadn't been sexually abused as a child. Or significantly, traumatically abused in one way or another. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, In that light, I think that it is very important to take another look at how we treat pedophiles. Well, I mean, it's how we treat people in general. Well, no, not not specifically. I'm talking specifically about how we engage, especially through our legal system, with people who are severely traumatized for whatever reason. Okay? Yeah, okay. You don't want... Now, I'm not saying that you don't want to criminalize, because I do believe that, that fucking abusing children is a criminal act. Those people are fucking criminals. The problem with that is that if somebody hasn't fucked any kids, hasn't abused anyone, right? But they just, they want to. They have a desire to. They know that they're sexually attracted to children. It's one of the most disgusting things in our society. Whether or not you've acted on it, Right? Yeah. So, for the people who haven't, where do they go? What do they say? How do they get help? Because they clearly aren't going to feel comfortable to go to their doctor or clinician and say, So, you know, I've been really struggling with wanting to fuck kids lately. Right? Kids say that. You can go to your fucking clinician and say, hey, I've been really fucking, I've been wanting to shoot dope, I've been wanting to fucking, you know, go fucking tricking, I've been wanting to fucking kill myself, I've been wanting to go on a gambling spree, I've been wanting to go on a coke bender, I've been wanting to fucking strangle my dog, right? Any of the horrible things that you want to do, yeah, you can generally go and tell your fucking, you know, therapist, and that's all well and good, but there's such an aversion to the pedophile that I think people don't remotely feel comfortable in getting any sort of help any sort okay. of treatment right yeah and also that we view well, there's also this, been the stigma that it can't be cured exactly it can't be a thing it can't be fixed it can't be cured you're just broken right yeah but then but then you have churches that's come forward and say the atonement of Christ is repairing you, heals you, and blah, blah, you know. I'm going to blah, blah, blah that statement, yeah, but they and say they, that though shit. I believe it. They, but but they, they don't allow that to apply across the board. Well, and There's that's these a, caveats, that's a, you know, that's these a little, mistake on little chinks in the armor. That's a mistake on their part, because Christ said very specifically, like, uh, you know, 
Um, no one sin was any greater than the other. They're all the same in the eyes of the Lord. Well, he also, yeah, he said he's not a respecter of men. He doesn't care about you as an identity. Oh, he cares well, about sure, you as that, a soul. That as well, but um, there was, I don't remember where it was. I'd have to look it up. He said specifically, like, I have heard these, too, I'm sorry. these something, 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 these sins are, you know, and all sins are, you know, and he was talking about the different, how men differentiate between different sins and different transgressions yeah. and how all, all of your sins are equal in the eyes of the Lord. Which is to say, any act that separates you from God is the same. Right. Now, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I just think that if, if we're ever to fucking solve this problem, if we're ever to actually reduce the amount of kids being fucked, we have to. At least create an environment where people who want to fuck kids feel like they can talk to someone about that because they know it's wrong and they want to get better. Now, if you fucked some kids, then you know you're a criminal and you should go to jail. But. You know, this is kind of a funny line to walk around on, you know what I mean? Like, when we're talking about this kind of stuff. Because, yeah, yeah I think that it, 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 it exacerbates the problem for those, you know, for people with pedophilia to not feel like they can ask for help anywhere. Well, everybody should be given, you know, it, it, but it also says in the scripture that God will forgive who He wants to, who He forgives. For you, it's required to forgive everyone. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's that's what. And then Paul, Paul and J, uh, Peter both talked about judging righteous judgment. So you have to find there's good in everybody. You have to let that person cultivate that. There's a guy in our church. He's a, uh, he, he's in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. His name is uh, oh now his, his name's gonna go to my brain. But he talked about how people, so we're going to, it may switch the gear a little bit, but it kind of come back around. He talks about how people doubt their faith. They might say, if I had more faith, I could do this. Instead of standing on the faith that they have and then spreading seeds. It's like he talked about how, he told the story about how Christ cast the devil out of a, of a small boy, maybe a preteen, right? And the, he would throw himself in the water, he'd throw himself in the fire, he was just, he had a, he had a demon in him, is what they said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? And he said, and Christ said, well, do you believe? He goes, I, I do believe, but please help me remove my doubt. So he said, here's, I, I, believe, I believe in you, but if any doubt I have, if I, there's any doubt, please remove, help me remove that. Sure. He asked, so he asked him to help increase his faith in him, and he had enough faith in Christ to do what he did, that he did it. Yeah. So he created that, and then, then increased his own faith in what, what Christ could do by admitting, I'm kind of lacking here, can you help me out? Yep. And that's, so that's, don't doubt your faith, stand on the faith you have, and look where it can, and try and push it out so it can grow. Mm -hmm. And some of that is based on loving your fellow man and giving them the ability to, and having the ability to forgive them for things that didn't affront you, especially, and especially those things that affront you. And you know what? That's freaking hard, bro. It's challenging. It took me 20 years to, to forgive my first wife. 20 years. I carried and harbored hate and, and a, such an animosity for her that it, it I didn't realize the weight that it was until the one day I realized I could forgive her and let it go. And it was like letting letting bad air out of my chest. Like there was something in my lungs that was, you know, caused me to have a cough. Yeah. And I could actually exude that bad thing and not have that cough anymore. That's cool. 
Yeah. So that's what we should be working on for everybody. You know, convicts, convicts who aren't pedophiles face that every day. You know, they can't get a good job. They're they're shunned, and they end up back in the institution that they're oh, yeah. institutionalized in because they can't catch a break because we're we're so busy stigmatizing them. Uh, and Zig Ziglar talked about that all the time. I mean, that's a big problem. That's a big problem, especially if you want to have a society of people like I. I I've never wanted to have to deal with somebody accepting me or not accepting me, so I've generally been self-employed. But um, um, but I. Um, I just I've never wanted to have the issue of having to be accepted or not. Yeah. So you know, I've I've I've, I've worked for other people in some capacity. Um, but I mean, I've always generally just wanted to do my own thing and work for myself yeah. for many reasons. But you know, not the least of which was I, I, I don't care whether or not you think this, that, or the other about me. I don't care what you think about my criminal record. I don't want to have that affect me in any meaningful way. And the only reasonable way to not be affected by my criminal record or any of my other stuff that you might be able to find if you search me up on the internet and spend fucking, you know, 30, 50 bucks a month on a fucking background check software. I didn't just. I don't want it to. I didn't want it to really affect me. So I just thought, oh, fuck it. I'll do my own shit. Yeah. I'll do. Every, I'll do my own stuff. I'll do my own things. I want this thing. I just. I'll just start that business. Yeah. I want this thing. I'll just do that. You know. That's not for everybody. In fact, it's not for most people. Um. But there's distinct value in that type of mindset, especially if you have issues that you don't want to have to deal with with possible employers um, yeah. I don't think that that is like a solution for everybody you know ex-cons and the like but I do know a lot of you know friends good friends and acquaintances who got out of prison who start their own companies because it's easier that way it's easier for them to start a framing company or a roofing company or a concrete company than it is for them to just try and go get a job. So, and I think that that needs to be a general attitude. I think that they should be teaching, you know, prisoners about basic business yeah. management skills. Well, it's like there's a guy in San Quentin who, a young African-American kid who one day, he that's a TED Talk, and he would have, the, he couldn't read. And he had the he had the older convicts read the sports section to him, and one day he got the financial section, not realizing because he didn't get he got to he was too quick and grabbed the wrong thing, and so he goes, "What's this?" He goes, "This is the financial section." He goes, "What's that?" He goes, "This is where white people keep their money." So he learned he taught himself to read in prison, and then he learned the financial system, and now he teaches financial health to convicts. So when they get out, they have a leg to stand on. Good. He even he even told people in the audience. He goes. He said. He said. He asked a question that said, "Do you think you know everything about finances?" And this guy goes, "Yeah, I think I know." He goes, "Come to my class. You'll learn something." Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe. So, I liked how he yeah. called him out. You know. The. Um, I just. There's a lot of things happening for a lot of the wrong reasons, and it and it yields a lot of. A lot of damaging and hurtful results, and uh, I think we're as as a as a society, a collective society, you know, the world over, we're starting to fucking realize in a lot shorter time periods the the negative results and the second, third, and fourth order, etc., consequences of some of our actions. Right? We're yeah. starting to we're starting to see things happen in real time in response to decisions that we make that we thought were going to solve the problem but oh look it didn't look what it did and so I think as a society you know the collective conscious is trying is finally starting to see in a tangible time effective manner 
that some of a lot of the, the, the issues, the problems that we face societally are of our own making. And here's what's happening and here's how. Yeah. Now a lot of people are still fumbling around with that. And they probably will for quite some time. Yeah. But I'm at least encouraged to see that people are going, Oh, oh wow, that wasn't that was a not a good result. Right? Yeah. Because before they were going, Oh wow, that's terrible that that happened and then they continue doing whatever they were doing that caused it. At least now we're at a point societally where we go, Oh my god, get this done here and they go, Oh, holy shit. I didn't mean to do that. Wow, fuck that up. Maybe they don't even get to the fuck that up part. Maybe they just go, oh, wow, that's a bad result. And they go, oh, wow, that's not great. Um, and so I'm, 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 I'm still I'm trying to be hopeful in light of all of the... Well, I mean, I mean, Jordan Peterson always talks about how memories are not to wallow in, but they're to help you remember not to do stupid shit. He doesn't say it that way, but I mean, that's what he means, is that you're given memories to, to do that. I posted something on Facebook today to... Uh, the Latter-day Saint guy who was talking about how he was talking about the atonement and how the atonement lets you be forgiven for your sins. And I said, well, memories are for a reason. They're a, t- they're a tool to re- help you remember not to do that that again. Yeah. But it's also a tool to help you teach your children how how you felt about what you did and how the atonement of Christ evens that out. So you can teach both children exactly what happened. I haven't got a response from him, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Because that's what that is. We could spend quite some time talking about like the atonement of Christ and and, and what all that, and get into all that, but I think... um, I think for tonight I'll focus. <laughs> I think we'll not. I don't, I don't, I don't, well, we I talked don't about Krishna. Another, I don't have another hour in me. That's okay. Yeah. We talked about Krishna one night. We could talk about Jesus another. <laughs> yeah. We could talk more about Krishna too, probably, right? Yeah. We probably should get Vidya a microphone and let him talk about Krishna. We probably could. Yeah. Well, maybe next week that's, we'll have to do that. Yeah, that's cool. Fucking, uh, Jesus. I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right, man. Well, I think that's good. it. I think that's good. All right, brother. You know, so we just, you know, hey, remember, love yourself. Love your fellow man. That's all you got to do. And remember, pedophilia isn't a sexual orientation. It's a crime. Yes, thank you. Okay, well, thanks for joining us. Please like and share. Uh, tell a friend, baby. Adios. Bye-bye. <laughs>